the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, excuse my voice. I hope it uh, pops free in a little while. I tried to swallow a pill and I uh, got stuck in. I guess it just left a little rust spot on my throat. But uh, glad to be back with you. Uh, I have my son in the studio with me today. And uh, just it's been good. Uh, the surgery went well, as they said. Uh, I haven't really had this, that much pain. They told me I was going to have a lot of pain, worse than childbirth. But I haven't had any pain that required me to grab a pain pill or anything like that. So sometimes I just had to lay still for a little while. But it's good getting around. Uh, you know, I, I was doing. I was living with one arm for over two years, and uh, so even though I have one now, it's the hope I have uh, that it's going to be all right in about three more months. <laughs> so I'm, I want to talk to you today about uh, purpose and looking at the purpose of a, of a family and what a family is involved in. Uh, I'm real big on on family and roots and things like that. And uh, and my dad's side of the family was always a little gray to me because my dad, uh, my dad's side of the family was uh, more spiritual. And since my dad ran out and opened up nightclubs, he was definitely, he didn't hang around the, the, the quote-unquote saved side of the family, which means I didn't get a chance to hang around him. So, but I always do this purpose thing in class at, at church once a year. And part of the journey is for people to look at their family tree and to see what gifts and promises and curses flow through your family tree. And the amazing thing to me is when, you know, when I do this, especially when I do this with uh, the, the young kids, the three deep or the teenagers in the college prep class, you know, they're trying to figure out what, what they're going to, you know, what are they called to be become is that, most kids know their mom's side of the family, but have a hard time with the dad's side. I mean, some, it used to be real rare, but now it's more and more important that most people don't even know who their dad is to put put it down there. Because for whatever happened between mom and dad at the time of pregnancy, uh, mom disassociated herself with dad and, and just decided, you know, we'll raise this kid on our own. And it really negates a whole half of who you are and the promises and things that are there. And so I have my son here who's a, he's a Sutton. He's a third. Uh, I'm, I'm a second. My grandfather, Joseph Samuel, 
Sutton is the one we all get named after, and it's a lot of Joseph Suttons in my family because my grandfather was a uh, a person a lot of people don't name the name after. I always wonder where the Samuel came from until my cousin sent me some more history on my family. And so my grandfather carries his grandfather's name uh, as his middle name, he car- which is for Samuel, and we just carries that. So my, my thing is to is talking about, and when you look back and you see what motivates you or what runs in a family line, and, and that gets kind of particular. I know my son is here, and he represents a group of people that doesn't really look back in the past that often. Uh, what caused me to start looking back in the past was the older guys I used to hang out with and work for. And they would sit there and predict things. And I was like, how do you predict things? They say, when you live long enough, you'll see it, you know, and it goes there. And so I'm starting to see it as I just turned 60 years old. You know, I start to see some things popping up in kids and grandkids that they, these kids don't even know nothing about because they don't even know who their grandfather was. You know, I happen to know him. And uh, it's just, it's just, it's an, it's an amazing thing. So now I'm gonna bring my son in, who's been hosting the show since I've been gone. I just want to ask him a couple of questions. When you read this article on uh, some more information on your dad's side of the family, what were some of the thoughts and feelings that came through your mind? Um, well, I had just read it right before coming in, so it's, it's a little fresh on my mind. But um, it was interesting to see that. Um, someone who, who kind of impacted culture in a slighter way, or or even was a part of that. Uh, I guess you could say revolutionary time period. Um, and what he went through and what the journey that he went through is kind of like, kind of eye opening, because it's 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 one thing to read something about someone. And then like, but you don't really have a relation to them. You just read about them and it's, it's, that's it. But when you read about somebody who has the same last name as you and that's where you come from, it's kind of like an interesting fact. Like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. How, you know, that, that journey, even though, even though it, it, it was kind of a rough one, it was kind of cool to see like that, that's where, that's where we come, like, that's where I come from. And um, just looking at that and reading that, I had to do a quick read and um, just seeing that was like, I can't imagine what that would be like, like, especially the part where he like fled to Mexico, um, <laughs> like out of fear. And it's like, and went and worked in a silver mine. Yeah. And I just can't imagine what that would be like, like going from, I think it was Richmond or Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. All the way to Mexico because your father was like, yo, you should probably leave because. They're going to kill you. They're going to try to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and so just seeing that it's like just living in this time period that that just you can't really fathom what that's like, what the emotions were um, for that. And so just seeing that and seeing like even though he had to fly to Mexico and then move to San Antonio and doing all these things and and listening to Jackie Robinson break segregation on the radio was like. That's, with his wife. He, with his wife, yeah. yeah he, see, he had the wife and kids. They couldn't go in the ballpark yet and sit outside with him. Yeah. And, like, just seeing that is like, man, that's 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 dope. To, like, to be able to to be able to see, like, man, that's, like, that's my family that broke barriers as well. And and so 
Yeah. I always wondered how we ended up in San Antonio since most of our family is in Alabama and Mississippi, really along the the I-20 corridor from Alabama to, to Jackson to Shreveport. You know, we have a lot of family there. And I always wondered, how did they end up in San Antonio? That's not on I-20. That's on I-10. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and so to read the article that this one brother had to run there, the other brother went to Alabama. Mm-hmm. But then the Ku Klux Klan ran him out of Alabama. And he ended up in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And then that's how my, my grand, I, who you, me and you named after, that's how he ended up in Mississippi. He was born in Alabama, but had to, had to run in the middle of the night to Mississippi. They owned land there and everything. And uh, the Ku Klux Klan came in, at the night and burned them out and made them get out of there and took over their land. And uh, and so, you know, when you, when you look at that during post-slavery times, everybody else got free land and helped with a business when they came over here to this country. But when the African-American was released from slavery— he got nothing. He just wandered around. And some made it. I mean, they had nice owners. Like on my mom's side, the family, the Owen side, the plantation owner left the plantation to my great-great-grandfather. He left mm-hmm. it to him. But he got ran out of Alabama in the middle of the night, too, because people were jealous that this black man owned, you know, this land and had this business. So he had to run out. So they both get chased out of Alabama and their descendants end up getting married, and they produce us, you know. And and uh, and I just wonder that, like, man, can I go back in the deed records and find out the people who took my land <laughs> and go down there and say, "Give it up, buddy." Yeah, just give it up, <laughs> you know. But the thing about it is, it's not so much as the land; it's the character and the history that's passed on, and. What I try to get people to see, if even if your family is not the ideal family, because we know some families that are not the ideal family to draw from the DNA pool, mm-hmm. then the good thing about being a believer is that we now draw upon the DNA pool of Jehovah mm-hmm. because he becomes our father. He's our father. And so all the blessings that come with him, and there's all the blessings, are now ours because mm. he's our father. He's our Abba, our source. He's who we draw from. And and and, and some families can't draw from their family past and history because it's just scandalous. Mm-hmm. It's just scandalous. But the thing I like about uh, our family is that, one, Christ was always the center point. Two, helping, helping people and serving people was always there. You know, I even look at you you know, wanting to run around and uh, be an entertainer. But we have so many musicians, singers in our family. And to see that Percy, you know, even bought the Apollo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, owning the Apollo Theater, you know, where entertainment flourished for years. And I see you getting into to the world of entertainment. But the thing I like about what you do is you, you still try to serve. You, you know, you try to keep it, keep it clean mm-hmm. and encourage people in God's word. And, uh, and that, and that's a good thing, but it's, it's, it's something that's a family value. It's something that you don't mind seeing your, 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 your seed replicate. You know, you don't want them to be, 
like this one family I'm dealing with where you're looking at four generations of going to prison. Mm -hmm. That's not the thing you want to draw from. I mean, you want to go from another DNA pool. I didn't know about my mom and dad's side of the family. All I knew was my mom and dad, and they chose to run away from church and to do the nightclub life thing. And uh, and so when I got saved, I just was like, I'm just drawing from Christ. I'm, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. But the more and more as God impressed upon me that the blessings are carried for a thousand generations, I said, well, what other blessings I got out there? And I just started looking. And it was amazing to me that what one <laughs> backslider can do to a family tree. Yeah. You know, <laughs> can do to a family tree. You know, this is Pastor Joe Sutton, and this is Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church that you're listening to. And uh, and I just I'm I'm talking about family. You know, looking at what what is what is our family known for? What what are we there? What what can we what can we pull upon? You know, what are we proud of? Uh, so, Joseph, when you think about your family, what are some of the, the, the good characteristics of your your family? We look, and I'm talking about both sides of the family for you, because you it, it equates to even more. You got grandma, grandpa on each side looking at them, and you've been exposed to everyone. What stands out the most? Let's let's start with Let's start with um, the the one we know the least about, and that's uh, your your grandfather Ray. You know his his family in Louisiana that went down there and hung out with. Mm-hmm. You know when you went down there, what are some of the things you just noticed about them as a family? Uh, man, that was a long time ago, but uh, yeah, definitely the they had a trampoline. <laughs> yeah, that that was a big part, but definitely like the the fellowship aspect. Um, was there um i'm just trying to draw off quick memories because i was like what like a young team that's why you didn't go back with us the other times no because you was doing football yeah you was always doing football yeah so i mean the the fellowship i can always remember um was a big part um and the laughter of course um but those those are like two things that i that i remember briefly of that that what about your mom's side of family um, definitely service and acts of like in prayer, um, with, with grandma Grace and, um, and my mom and even I Karen out Cheryl and even uncle Ed, he like, they, they, they serve in different type of ways, different type of aspects. Um, and they're, they're pretty, they're pretty a tight knit bunch. Like, I mean, they, they've been through a lot together. So they like, yeah, the 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 friendship family ship aspect. I don't even know if family ship is a real word, but I just made it up on the spot. But yeah, and just the the acts of service and prayer that um that I see with those guys for sure. Well, your grandmother's side of family. Which grandma? Who? Your mom? Yeah. I'm trying to think of the word. <laughs> extra <laughs> yeah no, no but I feel like I feel like and I draw I draw a lot from from that side of the family as far as um as far as the fellowship goes as far as the relationship goes um even though there are dysfunctional moments and dysfunctional people in the family there's still an act of 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 caring and love, like genuine love, especially with grandma. She always she always jokes about how she's so done with everybody in 
<laughs> in the family, but whenever they whenever they need help, she's she's right there. So I think I think the the act of service and love and caring for other people is big um, on that side of family, and that's what I try to do is to be able to love uh, my family members because that is my family. Well, you listen to Isaiah sixty one, the Radio Ministry Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton, and then we hear my son uh, Joseph Juice Sutton. We're about to take a break, and we come back after the break, and we'll talk a little bit more about family. That is not the place for me. You know they killed my sister and my brother, and the whole world let them peoples go down there free. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. We're in a very important business. To quote Dr. J. Vernon McGee, our business is to get the Word of God out so that he will have something to work with in the hearts of men and women of every language. This is Steve Schwetz for Through the Bible Radio, inviting you to join us for Dr. McGee's studies through the Word of God. And you'll learn about our ministry around the world in over a hundred languages and dialects. Listen to Through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee, weekday mornings at 6 on AM 980, The Mission. Singing that song the other day. When that line say, with some child you just love to burn, I got one. <laughs> back, welcome back, everybody. Talk about, about family. Yeah, I just love, yeah, it's just, yeah. I got one daughter. When my blood pressure is low, I call her. Somebody you just love to burn. Yes, I was being prophetic in the 60s. I want to read a verse and then comment a little bit from it. Uh, Exodus 20, verse 5. It's King James Version. Thou shalt not bow thyself to them, bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. Referring to the uh, graven images in the previous verse. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Uh, I always like that key word in there, of them that hate me. You know, if you want to figure out a way to break generational curses in the family, it's not some prayer ceremony with a bottle of olive oil. It's making sure that those children don't hate God, that they love the Lord. If they love the Lord, you don't have to worry about those 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 curses or in coming down to the third and fourth generation. You don't have to worry about that. You know what I mean? If they love the Lord. You know, I never spent my time really with my children trying to rehearse and avoid curses. I just taught them to love God. You know, I laid it out for them. Uh I never tried to lead them to the Lord. 
you know, I just laid it out for them so that when the time came, they can make an intelligent decision. I remember when I, one of those times you guys accepted the Lord when I was in the Bahamas. And your mom come calling me, where did y'all go see? What was that show y'all went to go see? Uh, Hell's Hell, Bells and something. Heaven's Gates and Hell's yeah. Chains or something. Yeah. And, and it scared the hell out of y'all, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> literally, Man. literally scared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you come back later on to describe your turning moment uh, when you was running from the imaginary bullets. The imaginary bullets. Yes, they weren't imaginary. I wish they were imaginary. You wish they were imaginary? Yeah. But yeah, that was yeah, that was interesting. You ditched Bible study that night, didn't you? I did. Yeah, and the bullets, the bullets was waiting on you. Been in Bible study, you wouldn't have no bullets, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, sometimes, when God God takes drastic measures, <laughs> when you don't when you don't listen, <laughs> when, you, when you don't, I like that. Yeah. I like that disclaimer. When you don't listen, when you don't listen. You don't listen. He's trying to warn you. I think it was Adrian Rogers said on Friday, God's not telling you you can't. He's just trying to save you. Mm-hmm. We look at it as He's telling us what we can't do. Yeah. He said, "No, I'm trying to save you from this. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to keep you from anything. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to save you. So we look like, oh, you keep me from fun. And get out there, and next thing you know, you ain't nothing fun about it. Ain't nothing fun about running from the bullets, is it? No, nope. <laughs> not at all. Made you call on Jesus. <laughs> He's gonna no. be my help. <laughs> no, that's literally that's that's exactly how it was because I didn't know what else to do. I was just hiding in that slide." And I just was like, all right, God, I promise you, if you let me out of this. If you situation. let me out of this. That's the famous words, if you let me out of this. Yeah. So when we're looking at our families, and I like how you said you, you drew some common lines amongst your families last session. You said that the service part mm-hmm. and the fellowship part, you know what I mean? Those are big things amongst that are common lines with both sides of your your family. They go in there. And, uh, and, and even though the... The Anderson Owens side has its problems, mm-hmm. but they do like to get together and have a good time, and they'll look out for you in, in their own dysfunctional way. <laughs> they call themselves looking out for you, you know. But then, even on your mom's side of the family, you see that service and that, you know, thing I liked about your mom's side of the family, which really was when she told me that her great grandparents were at Azusa, mm-hmm. and they started the first Pentecostal church on the East Coast. And uh, that's some spiritual heritage right there. And then all her, all, all that's on her granddad's side. And all the, all the whole family is ministers and everything like that. And well, they one, one, one cousin oversees 80 churches on the East Coast. They've been around since that movement that he took over from his, his grandfather. You know, your great, uh, your mom's great grandfather. So it's it's a lot of a lot of history of serving the Lord, and that's what I really wanted to do, and and that's what I wanted to be. Our family legacy is to serve the Lord. Now, one common thread is when you look at Joseph Samuel Sutton and what he did with education and what he did by helping to pull up, you know, as the word was back then, the Negro was when he started a school in the Delta so the kids on the plantation could get an education. And so when they were able to get an education and he pulled them in and and then that's how he fought. That was his way of fighting the civil rights, the making mm-hmm. sure you civil rights. And one is to get educated, one to have a, a means of making money to support your family. 
And that's what he did. He sent so many kids to college. He got so many people their first job, mm-hmm. you know, going. But you see that even in his first cousin, Percy, and his family over there, that's what they were doing in San Antonio. You know, when you talk about all the great people that came through their house mm-hmm. growing up, you know, George Washington Carver, you know, adopted one of their kids and made him a scientist and took him there. You know, uh, it, it was just a, a, a plethora of folks coming through and, and they help people advance to the next level. And that's kind of what we do. You know, that's kind of where we are uh, as a family. You know, we're starting, we're starting the Sutton Heritage Foundation to support urban ministry all around the world. And uh, right now we're doing it in North Minneapolis through the 3D program, uh, which is right around the corner from starting. And, uh, you know, we're trying to think about all the different young people that we've helped get to college and find a career and pretty much change their whole life around, uh-huh. you know, and uh, and seeing kids just go from being in span to not teaching at college. So uh, people develop a legacy. Develop a strong spiritual legacy for your family to follow. Leave them a roadmap of what your family is about. And may that roadmap always line up with the Word of God. God bless you. See you next week.